Divine Source, Great Spirit, Ancient One's Ancestors, Angel Helpers, beautiful beloved beings of light, come be with us this day, holding this space sacred in service to love, in service to truth, and in service to the highest good of all. And so it is. So welcome to Talking Spirit, episode number four. My name's Elizabeth. And my name is Yuta. So we felt inspired today to do a recording. We are actually sitting paradise style next to a runway, actually. Beautiful windsock out the window and the winds are blowing sweetly. And Yuta and I started this journey a couple weeks ago and didn't really know if we would even get one posted, much less be on our fourth. But um, yeah, we just have come together. Our previous recordings were done via Zoom and seemingly between the US and Germany. And now we're together uh, in person. So we just felt a little inspiration to do this. We've been together now here in stateside for Maybe two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. So mm -hmm. we've been just getting acclimated and tending to some other things and just sort of seeing what would come next for this. And so here it is. So this morning the idea was, and it's floated around and floated through a few times, this idea that no matter where we seem to be, in our spiritual fitness or in our mental or emotional health and well-being, we're always a possible agent for the divine and we're always capable in terms of our availability to be channels for the divine. And so there was this idea of kicking around what that might have meant in terms of our journeys and what that might mean for any of you who are listening. So I think that was the mm -hmm. rough starting point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just kind of the idea of not waiting until you're enlightened Buddha style uh, before you can be a helper, a helper to your friends and your family and your own mind and whatever that might look like. It doesn't even have to be anything special. Um, but yeah, when you, after you had mentioned the idea, I was just thinking how I, um, yeah, I mean, my journey's been varied, and I think when I first got on my path, um, initially, it looked like, mm, like, it looked like very specific things for me at first, you know, like kind of being a helper to um, this Taoist teacher that I connected with. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was being helpful, apparently, because that's the <laughs> reflection I was getting. And I was married at the time as well, and so there was a relationship there that we were trying to you know, have it be most helpful to both of us and, um, yeah, just going with the healing in that. And 
I mean, I never really thought too much about it, like what what specifically it was supposed to look like for me. It just, the steps kind of just appeared. Um, and yeah, I mean, it changed. I, you know, I, I was a massage therapist for a while and that was then my kind of entry way into being just loving, you know, just being a loving presence. I was working at this chiropractor and um, that was just really fun. There was a there was a lot of energy in that chiropractic office and lots of people out in and out all day long and it was just a big whoosh of energy and you know dealing with my own healing too. I remember some days just driving to work and just being angry at everybody and I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> and how how can I forgive all of the annoying people on the road? Mm -hmm. <laughs> And then getting into the office and it was kind of just, boop. okay, this is now what I'm doing. I'm here in service to the, the clients and what does my boss need? And, you know, so, yeah, and it's just kind of evolved. But the whole time, like, I don't, I don't I'm not enlightened now, as far as I know. So I'm just continuing to see what the spirit wants for me at any given point and yeah I've had those moments too where it's like what am I doing like how am I supposed to be helpful I feel like a mess and you know there's always something that kind of shifts it like talking to a friend or you know just kind of bringing back the helpful thoughts like yeah maybe you're a mess right now but that doesn't mean a, B, and C, that, you know, you need to give up everything. <laughs> mm. Give up on yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I was having specific stories show up uh, in my walk with the dog this morning. So this topic was here, you know, early today. And, um, but as you were talking, I was back to my childhood uh, unexpectedly and um, was having the word precocious, that was a word that was used, you know, relative to me and others, you know, uh, just sort of being ahead of our years in certain ways and, and sort of um, in coming with that was this idea of seemingly when we're children, we're without the judgments and without the projections and fewer expectations and fewer worldly kind of concerns. Mm -hmm. And so there is this kind of natural innocence and ability to just be in the flow energetically as a kid. Mm. You know, the idea of teachings of like, be like little children sort of a thing, you know, it's there because it's a valid seeming expression of an availability to the spirit and an availability to your connection as a kid. And, mm. and I was just sort of seeing seeming images of people that seem to reflect you're a little kid, you don't know what you're talking about, and kind of dumbing down a natural mm -hmm. ability to speak for spirit that I knew because I felt it so dynamically and I heard guidance and I saw uh, helpers. Um, but so I was just in that energy of how we can diminish people's spiritual potency right from the get go, mm. you know, that there's this idea historically of you're 
a young thing, you don't know anything, when in fact they're usually more plugged in, the little ones, than anybody else. Mm -hmm. So there was that, and then there was this flash to um, when I was in, I don't know what grade, third, fourth, fifth grade, pretty young, <clears throat> a friend's brother had died, had been murdered in some kind of gun violence or gang violence. And I remember being guided to write her a letter and she told me years later about what an impact this letter had had. And basically, it was talking about the eternal beingness of her brother, mm. right? So we have this availability to speak beyond our years, to speak beyond what we seem to know about the world or how it all works. And I have just kind of naturally been in that flow most of my life, except for through these times where people told me I didn't know what I was talking about. Mm. And so for me, when my next kind of big awakening later in my life happened, <clears throat> I had so much obscuring my sense of my connection with the divine, you know. And so I felt very much like I don't have anything to give because I had been told you don't have anything to give in subtle and not so subtle ways. Kind of who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. You don't know what you're talking about. Or delivering intuitive messages that people didn't pay attention to that then became useful, but nobody had listened to them. So they fell on deaf ears kind of a thing. And it's not to judge or criticize anyone, but it's just kind of what happens so often. Mm -hmm. So for me, I wound up in like a spiritual community early on in my journey into like a talk. And they were looking for some fresh energy. Mm -hmm. And somebody said, would you like to speak about humility? And I was so devastated internally by my spiritual journey at that moment. You know, like I had been seemingly left by a boyfriend after moving to New York City, you know, a long relationship come to an end. And I felt like I wanted to die every day. And I didn't feel anything about humility. I felt like I was getting a dose of humble pie. Oh, yeah. And so I didn't feel like I could speak about it, but I actually could have. But this sort of self-centeredness that can happen at times when we're in our journey thinking, oh, I've got nothing to give. I'm such a loser. I'm such a mess. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the ego talking. And as you said, if we can get out of ourselves in any moment, then something else can come in and deliver the message that's helpful. Right. You know, so mm -hmm. that's just what was coming up as I was listening to you. Yeah. It's really, it's so bonkers to look back at these stories and think oh my gosh mm -hmm. the damage we do to each other potentially in not seeing each other clearly mm. it's so unfortunate and it can be devastating literally devastating so mm. anyway that's just what's showing up yeah 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 like the picture that i was getting in my mind is like this dark glass just like mm. comes in front and everything you see through it including yourself is just not not good <laughs> it's just dark and like i i'm really grateful because like yeah you can have those reflections that come back and um agree with the dark glass mm -hmm. and then you know i've had these experiences too like when i first joined spiritual community where i felt like I don't know what I'm doing like you know you you tell me but I was put into leadership position almost immediately you know kind of overseeing one of the centers and it was very small at the time there wasn't a lot of people at the time but like there was something trusting that I could receive the guidance that was needed to run a little center you know with not a ton happening but still like you know different projects online and even in person and going to the market and 
who's doing it and who's cooking and what's cooking, what, what are we cooking and, you know, where are the funds going and what's coming in, what's going out, which I, that was not something I had any experience doing, but something felt that I could. Hmm. And I did it <laughs> and my dark glass was there too at the same time. So like I, it was a little, it wasn't, I think it wasn't as fun for me as it could have been because I was still like I trusted what they were saying to a certain degree and I was taking the steps and it was all very expansive um, but my my dark glass was there at the same time just saying like this you you don't know what you're doing like you're gonna make some wrong decision soon if you haven't already and everything's gonna be bad <laughs> yeah we talked in some earlier talk about the idea of personal responsibility, you know, and the spirit seemingly will throw us into, you know, into the ocean very quickly as we say yes to our awakening. Right away, we will be invited to get over ourselves in a really dynamic way. And, you know, it's, uh, again, can be very expansive if we just let go and let it happen, but usually we have a sense of personal responsibility. <laughs> and we have a snoring dog. We have a dog here that is very deep in. She's yeah. in deep <laughs> restfulness, and uh, I love it. Yeah, you know, so there's just this burden that we place upon ourselves, you know, that is there all the time, this critical, you know, part of our minds that wants to say, you're a piece of crap. You don't know what you're talking about. You have nothing to offer the world. And really, actually, we are meant to be in magnitude, <laughs> in our magnificence, mm -hmm. not in the place of the ego of, oh, I want to be center stage and be better than everybody and have everybody worshiping me. Not that kind of magnificence no. and magnitude, yeah. but magnitude of, I am the light of truth and I'm here to be in service to you know, support this awakening. And I'm no more mm -hmm. important and no less important than any other little reflection of light, right. you know. But our magnitude is actually what's terrifying to us mm. and is what actually kind of inspires the littleness to get really aggressive. So we have to be taken out of ourselves being shown. No, if you just show up, you will be given what you need to do whatever it is that you're going to be asked to do. Yeah. Yeah. And... I think we talked about it in another episode of like judging the form because you know I think there's a there's a real temptation to think that being helpful is some big you know being helpful to like being with the spirit and letting the spirit work through you that it looks a certain way mm -hmm. and that you need to like talk like a spiritual teacher or mm -hmm. something and everything has to be this profound experience and form with everybody that you meet mm -hmm. when in fact it could be like I had this experience when I was in San Francisco for a week last year uh, where I was on the bus and I was listening to some music and I was just feeling like I'm in San Francisco I've never <laughs> been here this is so fun like you're the, in the joy the yeah like I'm just like walking down the road and like the the sidewalk is sparkling and it's just like this is great, beautiful mm -hmm. weather. And then I went on the bus because I wanted to go to a park. And in that, in that moment, me 
having the music on and just enjoying the music. I was actually on the bus by myself, so it was me and the bus driver. I think I was listening to music and singing along and the bus driver was like, oh, that's so nice. Like, you know, like just making some comment about it. But I wasn't trying to do anything, but I was just in the flow with myself. And then later, again on the bus, much, many more people and including one that seemed drunk and kind of out of his mind. And he, I was sitting here and he happened to sit, happened, happened to sit right across from me. Mm -hmm. That's where he took his place. And he's talking and going on, uh, you know, about the state of the world and being messed with and everybody's ignoring him or probably mm -hmm. judging him. And I was just in the space of like, this, this man is my brother <laughs> and I can just sit here and I can just be present and I looked at him mm -hmm. I was the one that was looking at him and we made a connection and that was my my being in purpose mm -hmm. you know without trying to it was just mm -hmm. very natural so like wherever anybody is in their lives they can be helpful if they work at a grocery store they can be helpful they can be shiny and mm -hmm. you know a light or if they drive a garbage truck, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be in spiritual community or be a teacher or anything special. Yeah, we to were saying to fulfill your function. Yeah, I, I was saying to Yuta this morning that many of us, not Yuta's story, but many of us have seemingly kind of found our spiritual path or the invitation to step on the path through suffering through face planting through failure in relationships or people dealing with addictions or losing you know a big job or whatever often there's a big seeming life event that kind of amplifies the invitation to know yourself <laughs> mm. or kicks you over the cliff you know where you don't have a parachute and you're kind of free falling feeling and so often we show up to our path not by any virtue, not by any real obvious like, oh, I'm hearing the call and I'm feeling the call. Isn't this great? So you know, yeah. <laughs> usually there's a lot of darkness yeah. that inspires it. We want out of suffering. We know there's another way. Intuitively, we come in knowing we're here for this grand awakening. And yet there's all of this distraction and confusion and you know, we don't get told when we're babies, you're here to, you know, wake up and to be in service to the divine. Most people are told you're here to get a job and survive and have a family or do a job until you die and then retire and then sit back in your easy chair and wait to die. You know, it's kind of the way a lot of people's stories are. Mm -hmm. And so this idea that, you know, we're going to show up and feel the inner guidance to be in service but usually the darkness is so much heavier than the lightness of the inspiration that it can feel like there's no way. And not only is there no way, I don't wanna. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like those ego dynamics, the personality parts that have been suffering for maybe eons, you know, they often don't really wanna be told like, hey, get on it, you know, do some service. Even if it's just, as you say, open the door when you go to your job at McDonald's to, you know, 
take somebody's order where you're really listening intently like that is enough mm -hmm. it's not only enough it's a miracle actually if you have a moment of clarity where you're paying attention where you're really alive and in the moment that shifts universes oh, galore yeah. mm -hmm. you know as you say we get this idea of this like so lofty and high and mighty kind of stuff you know there are lots of examples that get put on the stage so to speak of the world because we need examples of spiritual aspirants we need it on a certain level but if we're going to immediately when we're just coming out of a moment of deep darkness maybe lifetimes of deep darkness we get a little light bulb goes off and we expect ourselves to walk on water you know, I, I did it myself. I beat myself up spiritually for many years in my journey. And most of the people I work with, they've got the hair shirt out. They've got the chains. They've got the, I have to lock down my body and my mind because I'm a bad, 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 bad person. So this idea that we're going to be invited into, no, actually, you're a brilliant light that has gifts to deliver. Would you like to? That's kind of terrifying. <laughs> and instead of going, I'm scared, yeah, let's hold hands and do it, mm -hmm. usually we turn and try to run the other way or we just torture ourselves. Torture, right? Mm -hmm. We've been doing this to ourselves for eons. It's just not necessary. And wherever we are, we can be and are a channel for the light. Mm -hmm. It's just whether we let it flow or not, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And often the letting it flow means we're going to be vulnerable. You know, as you were talking about whatever in the beginning of this talk, you know, it's like when I did my training for a month to become a teacher of yoga, that first class that I had to do, it's like I had been in corporate America, I had given talks, I had done whatever, you know. It's like, oh, I'm a business person story. I was an athlete in high school, you know, like this sort of compensating, I can do whatever. And then there I am all of a sudden, you know, with 20, 30 people to lead a yoga class. Not that it's insignificant, but I felt like I had the entire universe on my back that first class. Yeah. And like I could really hurt somebody. Mm. Like that it was going to be me hurting somebody if they got hurt in my class. For an hour and a half, I was on pins and needles constricted my heart tense my uh. lungs tense my nervous system in overdrive right that kind of self-centeredness comes so dynamically up as we're in our healing journey because we have to face that stuff mm. we don't get to feel all light and peaceful and joyful without letting go of the garbage mm. so we can still be in service and we can still be used and we can still deliver a message and we might still feel like a mess yeah yeah exactly yeah, because uh, the other thing I think that comes in is like this feeling like all of a sudden you have to perform or something, right? Like, you know, with the yoga teaching, and I've had that for myself too. Like, I can't just let it come naturally. There has to be, it's a performance now I have to do. It needs to be whatever. Like, it's the craziest stuff that comes in. Um, and really, we can just watch sometimes you can't do anything about it that's just the way it is like you couldn't shake it that whole that whole hour and a half i guess um yeah, yeah. well again the idea that like we take our personalities and our egos right. onto our path it's not like there are some people who i guess from previous lifetimes or whatever they came in really primed to just 
in a moment snap and they're done. They're gonzo to the world. <laughs> they're in their total divine alignment and they're delivering it 100%. There are some of those, there aren't too many, but there's some. The rest of it, it's like, oh, I'm gonna get on my path as if I'm doing it, right? And we take all of our doing, our busyness, our busy minds, our competition, our I'm better than, worse than, our comparisons, our judgments, and they get put right in the container, whatever that is. So it could be, oh, I feel inspired to serve at my soup kitchen. And the next thing you know, because you're like a business guy who's used to bossing everybody around, you get everybody ship shape and we're gonna do it this way. And you know, it's like, it could be helpful. That could be what the spirit would have you use those personality characteristics for. And in the end, it might be really dynamically useful mm -hmm. to that organization. Mm -hmm. But it also may be you playing out your control issues. Yeah. How else are you going to see it? Yeah, yeah, totally. How else are you going to learn about yourself unless you're in different containers? Mm -hmm. And often when we call it the spiritual container, it's like a bonfire that burns so hot, <laughs> you know? That's why I loved living in spiritual community. I had already been serving in different ways. I had already been being shown how to get out of myself in lots of different ways. But then I'm in living 24 seven from 4.30 in the morning, usually until 10.30 at night. I was sleeping on a floor in a yoga studio that had just been used, sweaty, breathy, dirty, whatever, right? Tired, no time to myself all the rest and guess what I got to do I got to look at myself and all my judgments and all my beliefs and mm -hmm. all my attitudes and how come those people get a nice bedroom and how come the yogis when they come in the swamis how come they get the nice chocolates and the nice <laughs> fruits that we don't get to have right it becomes this profound cooker mm -hmm. of our crap but nonetheless even though I was resistant and hating it I could still show up and be in the building, in this brownstone, 24 hours a day, and people mm -hmm. would walk in off the street. Right. And I could be a light, and mm -hmm. I was. Even if I felt like I was dying every day inside, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It could have just been a smile. It often was just a smile. Yeah. It often was just like sweeping out the bathroom for the class oh that was gonna God. come in, right? Literally. Mm -hmm. We do, we think it's so like, it's gotta be like Mother Teresa today, even though I've just yesterday woke up to the fact that I'm beyond a personality and a job and a family member, yeah. right? We think we have to walk on water yesterday. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it's amplified when you get into a spiritual community because everybody's in on it. Like everybody is kind That's of in purpose. the same purpose. Yeah. But I think like whatever, whatever situation you're in, right? when you bring that purpose, it's going to be the same like healing that can, totally. that can totally happen because it would be crazy to think that everybody that wants to wake up needs to go into a spiritual community right. of some sort. Right. You know, like I'm just thinking of the chiropractic office because you know, it was kind yeah. of like a, it was sort of a community dynamic in there. I don't know how many people, there were two chiropractors and then four or five assistants, not there all the time, but it yeah. was like, you know, we needed to be in constant communication. Like there was so much um, unspoken communicating that was happening. Like there was, because it was an open office, yeah. you know, five tables and it was this rotating dance that had to happen. And, yeah. you know, another little station there and a station on the left side where different things were happening and it was just get into it so much plugged in yeah yeah and sometimes it was scary too because maybe you forgot to put out the papers for that one client and it's like oh mm -hmm. you know and it's the same feeling yeah. that you know like 
I, I messed up and yeah. that that's that's helpful yeah you have to see that and it wasn't comfortable and it wasn't fun at all when yeah. stuff like that was happening but yeah the opportunities for healing and giving are the mm -hmm. same mm -hmm. anywhere and the idea of being in service you know can be fraught with programs and judgments galore just like anything else so this idea of you know i don't have anything to give i don't know how to serve i don't know how to be helpful well that's generally actually really true most of us don't most of us aren't really taught how to get out of ourselves but then we can run a program about service you know and how it has to be done a certain way or we can walk around feeling like we're walking on water and we're like you know maybe sweeping out the yoga room but we're still with a muddy dirty mind you know it's like mm. it just is all it's all very multi-dimensional and all very dynamic and it's all really if we can get back to the place of really seeing it all as being our healing and helpful then we can loosen up the judgment a little bit you know i've been working with some people that you know, are really going through every so often they hit another layer in their minds, another layer of clearing has happened, and then there's another layer of yuck, <laughs> yeah. you know, that has to be addressed. And when those new layers, when we drop down into another layer, it can just feel really, really crappy. And yet, if you know, oh my God, this is my service in this moment, not just to my own mind, which is paramount, that's the starting point, but then to the whole universe. Every step we take is an amazing gift and contribution, mm -hmm. and we can cut ourselves a break. Like when I remind them, cut yourselves a break, you're doing deep, deep work, and it's a huge contribution, then all of a sudden, like the shoulders relax, mm. everybody starts to breathe again, yeah. you know, you can hear the messages again, it doesn't feel like an attack on you personally, right? Yeah. So we're always in our purpose, if we're clear what our purpose is, we're always going to be effectively used, mm. we're always going to be maximally, you know, being given opportunities for healing mm -hmm. when we know, oh, this is what it's about. You know, one example are people, husband and wife, they're both doing their own individual healing work and they're in the container of their marriage day to day. It's a huge pressure cooker. It's so intense at times for them, as it is for all of us, right? It's one thing to do your own healing work. It's another mm. to have somebody else right in your face doing oh their God. healing work and then to still try to deal with your relationship, yeah. right? It's all up. Yeah. And it's easy to feel like I have nothing to give because I'm so messy right now. Mm -hmm. I feel so screwed up. Yeah. You know, you don't wake up and heal by not facing how screwed up you can feel. You know, I got a text from this woman. She was like, oh, we're scouring these really yucky parts. Yeah, we are. Mm. And hallelujah. Do, we don't want to drag this around for another 50 million lifetimes. Or at least I don't. Yeah. That's my invitation. Yeah. Let's, get, let's get through this now. <laughs> let's go for it. Mm. But getting to a place of feeling like I could be that invitation has been gazillions of baby steps of, oh, my God, I can't. I can't possibly, I couldn't possibly do X, Y, or Z. And the fact is we can't, and that's the God's honest truth. So true. But we learn that the spirit can through us. Mm -hmm. And when we let go of personal responsibility, it eases up our minds to where we can actually see, oh my God, there's this force working through me that's got nothing to do with me. Right. And that's the sweet spot. Mm. Yeah, as you're talking, you know, like that idea that I don't know how to give, 
a lot of times can immediately turn into I have nothing to give mm -hmm. and like no <laughs> that's that's not it yeah um, it could be more of like a it's actually an invitation right like I don't know how to give can just be an invitation to well okay let me just see what it could be today. Mm -hmm. I want to be open yeah. to be shown how I how I can give. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz yeah, like you know, I had some months of pretty intense expansion mm -hmm. <laughs> when I was in Germany and you know, it was uh, it was given for me to like take on a client and work with her for eight weeks and every day like some days I was just like there's no way there's no way there's no way how can I be <laughs> helpful to another human being right now like I feel literally crazy <laughs> um, but because I had made the commitment <laughs> You know, I had to kind of show up like mm -hmm. every day it was I was made to show up. I made myself show up and it worked and something was always there. And and I had to be gentle with myself, too, and not like go back and like analyze too much what was coming out and, you know, mm -hmm. what I was writing in my emails. And yeah, so there's always something. Yeah. And it's a trust walk, mm -hmm. you know, and it's. It's like we shouldn't be looking back to the past. You know, that is not our happy place. The past is not where we're going to find our happiness or our healing. Healing happens outside of time to anybody that's wondering. <laughs> it's not a function of time. It does not take time to heal. But it does seem as if every so often we get a little glance back with the spirit going, see, I took you through it. Mm. See, you didn't die when you led that class. See, you could show up for this thing that you were convinced would never, ever, ever be possible, right? I mean, when I think about, I was just talking with a woman uh, who I'm working with, and I said, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that the dis-ease that I felt in my mind through my entire life well into the start of my spiritual journey relative to one character in my life, my mother. I'm shocked to know that my mind is at peace relative to her. That is an unbelievable, like I never thought I would have that peace of mind. I never thought that was gonna happen. There was no way, right? And I was taken through step by step choices that seemed to be impossible for me to make that felt like they were my choices where spirit was saying no i just want you to be in service this way with this character in your life and sometimes helpfulness was i didn't speak with my mother i had a long period of time where I had no contact with her mm -hmm. and that was the guidance that was what was most helpful and because i was listening to the spirit i was safe in it and I was following the guidance. So after the fact, years later, I could look back and see how I had been taken through and been able to actually be helpful, not just to my own mind, but to the healing for my mother. Mm -hmm. And when it mattered, the spirit guided me to see her. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was a blessing for both of us. And we felt such love. She was on her deathbed in the hospital, right? Mm. I mean, she was shocked to see me. And there was just that moment of recognition beyond the body. There was that moment of, oh, this is an interesting dream we've been in. Mm. And look at you there. Look at you beyond this seeming dying body. Like we saw each other in truth for mm. a moment. You know, so we're always able to be used 
It's just that we get in our own way most of the time or we just don't see it until after the fact. It's like we're kind of blind for a lot of our journey. Yeah. If you think you're certain about your path, maybe maybe you're not really on your path. I mean, I just haven't had the experience of like, woohoo, yeah, I know what I'm doing here. Mm -mm. Mm. That's not been my journey. I'm not saying people that are certain about their path aren't on their path. I'm just saying you might not be as surrendered as you think you are. I don't know. Mm. But for me, it's been like a, really? You want me to do this? Really? Mm. Still. I was guided a couple months ago to like stop before you get there and listen. I stopped and I listened. I heard to get a sandwich and a drink. I was going to pick up some supplies at a lumber yard. Really? Yeah, really. Sir, am I really hearing? Yeah, you're hearing me. Yep. And I still don't know what it was about other than I handed off a sandwich and a drink to somebody. Maybe that person had no money that day and was saying to spirit, I'm going to kill myself if I don't have a miracle, right? We just don't know. But if we listen, we learn over time seemingly that there's a hand and a force that's actually directing it for us. And we start to become actual agents for grace and we get to see it sometimes. And it's just miraculous. It's just such a blessing. And it's like, it's like a pinch me all the time, kind of like, is this really my life? Really? Because I thought years ago I was going to be dead by now. Like, maybe nothing dramatic in the world, but maybe I was just going to kill myself with cancer or eventually maybe find a gun somewhere. You know, like those thoughts are pretty strong mm. in the darkness mm. that we don't want to be here if we're not delivering for spirit. It doesn't feel good. Mm. Everybody I talk to, everybody I talk to, when they get into their service, their purpose, whatever that is, their whole world changes. They're like, oh, I didn't know I could live like this. I'm like, yeah, right? Right. Yeah, I know. Me too. I didn't think either. Mm -hmm. And some people won't want you to live your purpose because they want to be miserable and they want to drag you down with them. Well, we just watched this movie that last know. night. I was thinking about that Running too. with scissors. My God. I mean, it was just absolute insanity, and even the 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 uh, psychologist. There's a psychologist who's as crazy as they get. <laughs> I mean, he he didn't want anybody to be happy or healed, so his whole family was crazy, and all of his clients were crazy. Nobody was healing, and there was like an active holding people in craziness, holding hostages. People and, do it. And, you know, like, I'm just thinking about the wife because she actually wasn't crazy. She, she actually wanted to have a family. That's why she was staying there. But, like, sometimes you just have to be like, no, this is not, this isn't it. <laughs> I have to get out of here. This isn't a family, you know, where I can actually serve. She wasn't crazy and she was supporting the one that wanted out. Right. Yeah, I mean, and that sort of dynamic brings up the whole like a family paradigm concept of like, oh, I've got to stay to be helpful to my family. Often that's a codependency, dysfunctional way of going. Mm -hmm. And it can be one of the most difficult ones to extricate out of, you know. It's like if I look at anything in my journey that's been the hardest part has been the family concept, the relationships, the yeah. sense of responsibility, the sense of loyalty, as if 
you know, those figures are any different than any others, mm -hmm. you know, as if they have more significance and more value, not to devalue anyone, but just as like, oh, I, I put my purpose on park for a lot of different family members. There are lots of people I work with that have the same issue of like, I'm not fulfilling my purpose because this family member doesn't believe in my spiritual beliefs, so I have to give up my spiritual beliefs. Or this one, you know, <laughs> I'm going to take care of them, and, you know, I have to do my job and make money to take yeah. care of this child symbol and put my purpose that's vast, vast purposes, like awaken the mind purposes, not just feed a body purposes, like grand purposes we fail with these symbols mm. that are really often only interested in keeping us from our purpose. It's uh -huh. like we got to get really clear and fierce at times about these symbols. It's not helpful to be in a codependent relationship. Is it hard to get out of them? Yeah. Is it tricky business? It's sticky business and uh -huh. tricky business and more, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. I mean, it's like not to judge anybody, but these are the things you have to face when you're dealing with going within mm -hmm. to wake up. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was having the running with scissors come into my mind too, you know, and we can have these symbols in the world that say, oh, I've been certified to be a psychotherapist and I'm crazier than any of my clients, right? <laughs> I mean, it happens all the time. You know, we're wearing masks. If we're in the people roles, we're wearing a mask. And that in and of itself is complete insanity. Every minute I believe I'm a person in the world, I'm nuts. We're all disassociated in that moment, right? And then if I have a moment of clarity, it means that I am realizing I'm beyond this form. <laughs> I'm beyond the four walls that I believe are a house that are actually just little particles of life vibrating at a certain rate. <laughs> you know, it's like down the rabbit hole. When I'm in the rabbit hole, it's, it makes a lot more sense. Right. But it's also pretty confusing at times. <laughs> right. Well, it's interesting, right? It makes more sense to the part of you that is that. Um, and then your logical mind wants to come <laughs> yes. in and try and understand it and, and use it and whatever, like get there and be it and yeah, like take charge of it in some funny way. And yeah. it just doesn't work and it doesn't. you kind of go crazy. It does. <laughs> and I was thinking earlier when you were talking, you know, the community that Utah lived in um, was formed around a gentleman named David Hoffmeister. And one of the things that I heard him say through talks that I listened to uh, regularly was that he would say a prayer. I think this was a story, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but he trained himself to say, every time I walk through a doorway, I'm going to say a prayer of how can I be truly helpful? Mm -hmm. Am I right? Yep. So, you know, that's like, how do we get there? Mm -hmm. How do we get to where yeah. we're actually clear that we're being helpful? We put it over onto spirit every minute that we can remember to. Show me the way. Thy mm -hmm. will be done. Help me be helpful. Not mm -hmm. helpful, oh, I think I'll buy Mary a bag of groceries because I want to feel like a good people pleaser <laughs> and give Mary groceries and get accolades from Mary and have Mary tell her neighbors what a nice girl I am fine, it's okay, and the spirit will use it, but that mm -hmm. may not be truly helpful. Mary might need to be without food that night to face her fears. The most helpful thing might be for Mary to starve tonight just long enough to realize she has to call on her inner forces, right? Mm -hmm. We just don't know what's helpful, but if we turn it over, yeah. there is a greater intelligence yeah. that knows what our good is. Yeah, and like 
just go for it. Yeah. You know, when you make that prayer, how can I be truly helpful? Whatever comes to mind, just follow it because I think people can really get into this paralysis of like, mm -hmm. oh, I don't know if I'm hearing it right. How could that be right? I don't know. I don't yeah. trust it. And oh, maybe I need to, it needs to take time for me to hear the answer to yeah. my prayer. You know, like yeah. you have to sit there an hour to hear what's, yeah. what's the next step versus like it could just come in immediately as it you make immediate. that prayer. It is immediate. But a lot of times there's a lot of doubt like a lot oh, of interference could it be that easy? yeah it's not it's it's not that yeah. easy i yeah. can't hear you know <laughs> yeah so like all this stuff yeah. but yeah no that matter where you seem to find awful. yourself no matter where you seem to find yourself you are an agent for healing and grace and awakening and love and truth just get out of the way yeah, and sometimes it looks like a snoring dog. That's right. That's how she's in service today. <laughs> totally. And it is very restful. And it's giving us such joy. And I hope it comes through on the recording that you guys hear. We were laughing about, before we got on this call, about how in one of the talks, at the end of the talk, we had gone a long time. This one, too, I'm sure. And I'm eating crystallized ginger and you can hear my lips smack in and you can hear me crunching around and then in another one i told you too that it sounded like her stomach was gurgling and somebody somewhere took like a big deep gulp of something <laughs> and we didn't you know we're not filtering it out we're just letting ourselves be authentic in the moment as we are and maybe those kinds of things for one person might be like oh aren't they professional shouldn't oh, they have cut yeah. that out and then maybe for somebody else they'll be like oh you mean i can be imperfect when i do my stuff yes you can mm. <laughs> and i'm imperfectly perfect and perfectly imperfect you when know we went to the restaurant yesterday there was a sign across the street i don't know if you saw it but it's, no. uh, it, it said on it uh happiness um, like it doesn't depend on perfection like it doesn't mean oh, things will yeah. be perfect correct it means that you overlook the imperfect so it's yeah, yeah exactly yeah. that's a great place to end I it's think the purpose yes yes so let your light shine anything mm -hmm. else to say just relax like find some relaxation because when you're stressing out over what your life is supposed to look like you're not gonna hear anything mm -hmm. It's like putting a kink in the hose. It jams it up. Yeah. Yeah. Let it flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Thank you. Lots of love. <laughs> Bye for now. <laughs>